here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And welcome to Rick Rest Roundtable. Uh, we did ha- previously have an episode recorded uh, about a week ago now. Is that right, Ollie? Yeah, <laughs> I think we recorded it on the Friday week. Um, yeah, so Ollie is here with me. Uh, Rob. Hi. <laughs> um, no one this time. Uh, because Ollie and Arn did record an episode together. And then there were some audio problems, um, like we've had a couple of times to this point. We we are changing up the process um, so that we'll be able to hopefully have less problems uh, going forward. But uh, this one was basically a write-off, what with um, people, well, Ollie moving to university, me about to move to university, uh, different computers having different files, files corrupting, uploads going wrong. Lots of it was a mess. <laughs> uh, so that episode basically unusable, unfortunately, uh, lost to history. Um, but because Brixton is coming up, uh, chapter thirty-six is that the right number? Yes. Yes. Uh, chapter thirty-six progress, their biggest show ever. Um, I think Smallman recently uh, said on Twitter that um, it's going to be two thousand two hundred people there. Which is even bigger. Yeah, than over two thousand. That's the number impressive. They, they previously announced they must have released some more tickets. Um, so like one of the biggest London shows in a long time. Um, from a from a British promotion anyway. Obviously, WWE has bigger numbers when they come in. But uh, uh, and so we definitely wanted to to at least do some sort of preview here. So we're going to do an abbreviated episode, running down the Brixton show, uh, Progress's biggest ever show first thing you you talked about was chapter 35 so we'll we'll basically rapidly spin through that uh a good show uh i would say so yeah there were a couple of um long in the tooth segments um with mikey whiplash and sebastian uh not garnering much of a reaction from anyone but if you ignore that it kind of bottomed out in the middle but if you ignore that section of the show it was it was really good yeah and will osprey versus shane strickland is a match that Everyone needs to go and see. Um, at least for now, Will Ospreay's final match in progress. But it was a very impressive contest, but also full of emotion, like a really good story told. And Osprey sort of condensed the heel turn into five minutes of action, which I really enjoyed. 
And then uh, with the way they ended the show with uh, Skrull versus Andrews, um, they they kind of went for a, a raw ending, like a pay per view go home show raw ending, but yeah. at its best. Um, uh, these those can often end up being a clusterfuck, but uh, they managed to do that in the right way. Uh, progress, um, and it really really helped uh, this chapter thirty six show feel all the more important. Yeah, definitely. They've got seven matches on this card, and all of them have been built up over multiple shows. So, like, this the card in a vacuum may not feel huge, but, like, having watched it all through the year, like, it has been built up very, very well. So every match feels at least like it's paying off something. Even if we're not necessarily that into uh, what it's paying off. Um, so we'll, we'll transition that straight into the preview. Uh, and the first match on the card is Pastor William Eva versus Sebastian. <laughs> we'll start off with uh, the worst match on the card. Um, yeah. This one hasn't been built up very well at all because Sebastian's supposed secret about Eva is not interesting in the slightest. Um, it's like you said, you compared the Chapter 35 show to a Go Home Raw. This sort of feels like a really hackied uh, WWE plot. Um where like someone holds something over someone else and they just sort of forget it. Think Shane McMahon's lockbox from <laughs> earlier in the year. Just something nobody could care about because it's not based on anything to do with reality. And Sebastian, for his part, hasn't really been able to get people intrigued in any other part of the feud either. His uh, promo on Chapter 35 was fairly weak for a guy who's supposed to be this great promo. Um, so this has been disappointing, and I can't really see how the match can be any better than the build. Yeah, because uh, Sebastian's strength is his character work and his promos, and they haven't delivered. So, uh, yeah, the, the match <laughs> probably isn't going to be that great. I enjoy Eva in the, in the ring, but um, he usually needs a good partner in there, to um, a good dance partner for a good match to occur. And I don't think Sebastian is that. No. If they keep it short and Eva goes over strong, then I won't mind. But if they're going to double down on the story, then uh, <laughs> this might be a, a match to forget from the overall card. Considering Eva was the last Progress champion before the current one, mm. how unimportant does this match feel on this card? <laughs> this feels very thrown on. Maybe because they had a match for Osprey and it didn't come through because of schedules but yeah <laughs> this doesn't feel like the original plan yeah um fortunately that's just flicking through the card now yeah that's probably the only match i don't care about on this card yeah. um so we've we, we started low and um <laughs> it's all uphill from here um second match announced is a, a six woman tag um featuring Nearly all the the women that have been featured in Progress uh, recently, with the exception of Tony Storm, uh, she might be off in Japan at the moment. I'm not quite sure, but uh, yeah. So it was Pollyanna, Nixon Newell, and Laura Di Matteo on the the face side going up against Ginny, Alex Windsor, and Dahlia Black uh, on the heel side. Um, I kind of thought they might have been doing a rematch between uh, Ginny and Laura here, but I guess they're kind yeah. of saving that for uh, 
a chapter further down the line where it can get more of a spotlight. Well, I I did feel that that was going to be the match, and potentially throwing all the women into one match uh, could be seen as um, going back a step compared to how they have been presenting them recently. Um, it, it's it's a decent match. It plays into like previewing the Natural Progression series for the Women's Championship, which they're going to be doing after Brixton. Um, but yeah, I would have preferred the big rivalry blow-off here rather than just another match in the series. I mean, all these uh, wrestlers are good, so I imagine mm. it will be a good match. It's it's probably not going to be a highlight of the card, but it's nice to see them at least have a women's match on the card. Um, they're featured at least in, in, in some manner, and uh, it's a big spot for, for a lot of them. But this is kind of why some people are saying that the card is a bit disappointing compared to what they were expecting. This sort of feels like a big chapter show card rather than like a WrestleMania style card where they just throw everything on and like big singles matches, big blow off feuds. And this just kind of feels like another match rather than like what um, Di Matteo versus Ginny in a blow off match could have been. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But at the same time, they they're gonna have yeah. At the same time, it's still a, a good chapter match. show next month that they need to to sell out. Yeah. <laughs> and you know they they can't blow through everything. But uh, it's a valid complaint. But uh, I think it will be good. Um, probably thrown somewhere in the first half or between two two of the bigger matches uh, to kind of take you down a little bit. But uh, there, there's enough talent here. Um, a match that that does feel big and has been built up for a long time. Uh, something that I think might end up being a first half main event, but uh, there's a couple of matches you could say for that. Uh, it's a two out of three falls match, um, the, the rubber match in the series between Zack Sabre Jr. and Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, this is definitely the match I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, it's Ciampa's last indie match. Uh... So it's it feels like it's going to be brimming with emotion, not just it's going to be a really good match. And I like the two out of three falls stipulation. We've seen some good two out of three falls matches um, in the past couple of years, thinking Osprey Seidel from Rev Pro. If they can match that, this could be this could be really special. And just the blow off to the feud and like the level of star that these guys are at compared to the last time that they were both together in progress just makes it feel really important and just really like a special matchup. You see, I'm not usually that into two out of three falls matches, um, with that Osprey Seidel one being the, the exception that proves to yeah. I generally feel it it somewhat cheapens the, the first two falls and there there are ways to do it well, but um it's more often than not it ends up the first two falls just don't really add much. Um, and in the end, you you end up having almost invariably um, the second fall. You know exactly which way it's going because it's very rare you get a a two fall, uh, two out of three falls match. So that that kind of takes some of the drama away from it there. And they often struggle with the the peaks and and valleys. Um, and to add to that, I wasn't that into their previous two matches. Um, it's it's not personally that that high up for me, but 
the progress audience really did love uh, the the previous two matches these two have had. I think was the it? second match was really good. I thought that was um, on their second or first match. That was on their first Manchester show, I think, and that um, was really strong and one of their better matches of last year. The first one was just alright. It was part of the Super Strong Style tournament, so it wasn't ever going to be amazing since it like Zach had two other matches that night. But yeah, I thought uh, their second match was really good. See, I actually preferred their um, Strong Style match. Okay. <laughs> that was kind of like... Um, it more knew what it was. Um, it was a, a very good mid-card... Middle, well, middle-of-the-card match. While the... Was it in Manchester they had the? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think the Manchester the match it it's a, a common problem I have with Champa in that he tries to make almost all of his matches feel epic, and mm. I just wasn't feeling it with the the Manchester match. Um, I, I do agree with that. I had the same problem with his like um other matches in progress against Haskins and Skull was he was just trying to do too much too early. And also in those matches, he had to like shoehorn in some story to like continue the telling stories aspect of his run in progress. Whereas this, he just gets to go go all out and have a great match, and not have to worry about any storyline. They definitely have a very good match in them, um, but I'll, especially on the you know progress's biggest ever show, you know Champa's gonna go, you know, against Saber Junior who. A lot of people view as the best independent wrestler in the world at the moment. Uh, a lot of wrestlers themselves view view as that. You know he's going to go epic. Will it click? Uh, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm keeping my expectations low, um, so I can be pleasantly surprised if it does <laughs> click. Because if it does click, I imagine it will be brilliant, but I'm not sure it will be. Uh, it will click. But I know it's a match a lot of people are looking forward to a lot. Uh, I am somewhat the outlier in not enjoying their Manchester match too much. I thought it was a, a solid match, but it just didn't didn't blow me away like it did many people. Um, the next match on the card is uh, an eight-man tag match uh, featuring The Origin, uh, all four of them, Nathan Cruz, El Liguero, Zach Gibson, and Dave Mastiff. Um, going up against FSU, uh, Mark Andrews and Eddie Dennis, uh, Damon Moser and Jack Gallagher in what might be Gallag- one of Gallagher's last appearances. I think this is his, his last one. Yeah. I think that's, that's all come together very quickly. Really. <laughs> it, has, it has been very quick, his ascension to Raw, which is really <laughs> weird to say, but yeah. <laughs> there, this is um, also got the stipulation on it, if the Origin lose, they must disband. Um, do you think they are losing and disbanding here? Uh, I feel because they've been losing so much and then, like, they've been running through so much shtick lately. Like, they pulled out the car stereo for Zach Gibson on the last show. Um, El Liguero has been, like, doing some great work and, like, running through a lot of material quickly. I feel like they're almost using all of them up and giving away their wi- their losses, um now because they are going to be breaking up i feel like i don't feel like they can be resuscitated after having lost so much over the last few months they haven't had like a single win in the last four shows or something so i feel like if they are gonna win it sort of invalidates like what they've been giving to jack gallagher and mark andrews 
um, over the past few months. Is like they've been giving away a lot of wins, so it doesn't really make much sense. But then again, we're thinking, oh, is this the WWE go home booking whereby the person who loses eventually wins on the actual show? So I'm I'm sort of torn, but I would say they're going to disband because they've been running through all their material lately. Do you see these guys as more of an asset split up than they are together? Uh, well, we've certainly been seeing them trialed split up over the past few months because they haven't been appearing in each other's matches very much, which was a staple of the origin early on. We've been getting them in singles a lot. Maybe it's been a test, a trial to see if they can maintain their heat alone. And in, in that way, it certainly succeeded, because El Ligero and Zach Gibson have been doing very well as singles acts. I I kind of worry for Cruz and Mastiff a little yeah. bit. Um, I think Ligero will always do fine. Gibson will be heading towards the top of the card, um, provided he can keep his heat without the Origin, which I think he can, because most of it's more Liverpool-based than Origin-based. Um, but Mastiff and Cruz, they, I feel like they add more to the Origin as a group than they will mm. be an asset on their own. Um, and I'm not entirely sure where you'd go from here with them. Um, I guess Mastiff can be used in the Atlas division, but I'm just not I sure. I think Cruz might be getting cycled out. Like what we saw with Paul Robinson a few months ago. We haven't seen Robinson pretty much all year. Um, they may be looking for a way to get him back in. And you've, we've seen this before, but they cycle guys in and out as they're using them and then not using them. I feel like potentially, like you say, the others will move on to different things and Cruz just won't come back for a while. <laughs> Which seems harsh because he has been good in, in the role in the Origin. But if they are going to be breaking up the origin, I don't see him in a singles role. He he's kind of like a, a Wade Barrett in that he's he's all he, the only times he's ever really felt important was when he's in a big group, be it the Nexus mm. or the the Core or the the, the lads the, the lads. <laughs> um, but when he's been in those groups, he's been really good. But then when as a singles guy on his own, hasn't quite doesn't quite have the same aura around him. And obviously, yeah, Cruz had the uh, screw indie wrestling thing going in the early days of Progress, um, and then he went away a bit, came back as you know the, the faceless, that then transitioned into the Origin. I think he's done a really good job with both of them, but I'm I'm just not sure he'll work on his own, as you said. Yeah. Who do you think, if they are going to disband, um, gets the pinfall on them and sort of the final revenge, if you will? Is it Moser or Gallagher? I, th I think you give it. I, I think story-wise, they give it to Moser, which I don't like because I don't like Moser that much. <laughs> but it makes sense story-wise, and I think it's probably on Cruz, which would then make sense for him to be the one to to at least yeah. be cycled out, at least in the short term. So you don't think they give uh, the triumphant send-off to Gallagher? I mean, he's not going to be there, so it seems kind of a waste. <laughs> yeah. But that I wouldn't put. I mean, they they have kind of pushed end really hard, knowing that he's going away, and put him in the main event of their biggest show, knowing that it's his last show, which is seems a bit weird. But um, it is probably between Gallagher and Moser. I don't think mm. either the FSU guys get it. 
No. I will also say that I totally called this matchup like a month and a half in advance. <laughs> I think, at least. Replay the tapes. <laughs> I think actually the almost right at the start of the Atlas tournament when I was saying I think Mastiff is getting into it. I think you were bringing up the eh, maybe maybe Mastiff's getting to the final, but since it's happening at Brixton, I think they might be doing a big eight man. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. You did call this one. It, it has. It's been on the wall for a while, so they have been building it to it pretty well. In that case, <laughs> if I was able to spot it from so far out, <laughs> it this will probably be your your big clusterfuck match yeah. that you kind of expect from progress. A lot of the time, it ends up being in the main event. Um, and we've seen the origin be good at those matches in the past. So, oh yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, even if I'm not necessarily a huge fan of everyone individually. I think as as an eight man, if they, they bring the chaos, it'll be good, especially in the, the big environment. Um that you know, they'll have two thousand two hundred people screaming their heads off. because um, everyone hates the origin. Uh and it it'll be a, a wonderful environment. Um and hopefully they can take advantage of it. I think they will be able to. Um and then we've got three more matches left in the card and all three are title matches. Um I'm not sure whether this one will be the co-main or whatever, but uh, the London Riots defending their their tag championships uh, against British Strong Style, Pete Dunne and uh, Trent Seven. Um, in a match that I was kind of surprised to, to see book so early, I really thought the um, the the South Pacific Power Trio slash Trip, depending on what day of the week it is, uh, <laughs> we're going to get the the shot here. Uh, Travis Banks and TK Cooper. They they'd been running through a through a few teams and they're not even on this card, uh, which I thought was uh, a bit strange. And I thought they might have been saving the um, Dun and Seven's big title shot until uh, the first Birmingham show. That's I think that's in January. Yeah, January fifteenth. So it's their first show of next year. Uh, sounds somewhat scary to say. Uh, the 2017 show's not that far away. <laughs> but uh, it's it's not. It's only a few shows away. What, like, eight-ish? I'd guess. Maybe less. Yeah, I think it's less than that. I think it's only six, I think. So, and also, you know, they, they've only just started being a team. They've got one with them. Yeah, they have one match. And they're <laughs> catapulted straight to the... Um, the uh, title match in Progress's biggest ever show, the only team they beat aren't even a regular team, uh, Tyler Bates and uh, Damien Dunn. Um, it's odd, and it's not how I'd have done things, but like just as a match on paper, this should be tremendous. It's a really good match. Uh, obviously, all four have been getting acclaim recently. The Riots had the really strong match against War Machine. Seven and done, uh, conquering <laughs> in wherever they go. Uh, Seven's been impressing in Rev Pro, and done, of course, went to PWG for Bola. So <laughs> the pedigree um, in this match is high. Uh, it's weird to see British Strong Style in the title match so soon, and like you, I thought they were going to hold it off until Birmingham, but I feel maybe they think they can't hold it off for that long, so they're going to do one match now. They come up short, but they rebuild them up until for January. So you don't think they're I, winning here? I don't think they're winning here, because I feel like the Riots need a longer title reign to really sink it in, because all they've really had is the War Machine series and the Dazzlers, so <laughs> they need more than that to really like 
get a better resume, I feel. If this was New Japan, I, uh, this would be a title change, but <laughs> I think Progress want to protect the riots a little bit more. Yeah, I'd agree. I don't want to see the riots lose this um, early, but at the same time, I don't particularly want uh, British Strong Style to, to be losing yeah, a match this early true. in when they haven't really... So shenanigans will probably become involved. <laughs> I, I, I just think as much as the match may have been a bit worse, um, although TK Cooper and... Um, Travis Banks are both very good, so I, it, I think it would still have been a very good match. They would have just fitted so much better here, um, mm. in that they could lose to the riots and still gain something. Um, whereas I think it, it's it's kind of stalling uh, British Strong Style's very early momentum um, by having them lose here, but I think they should lose here. Uh, it's a weird situation. Um, yeah. Whereas you could have like maybe had... Um, uh, seven and done go up against I don't know who would it have been. Um, I was gonna say Sweet Jesus, but Eva is otherwise engaged. You could have had like um, Smile and Dunn, or Damien Dunn, or or something like Damien Dunn brings in a random partner, and he you know he's fairly familiar with Smile. He also gets Smile into the promotion. That 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 could have worked. Give Dunn and Seven another win. Stop, keep building their momentum, building and building. Meanwhile, the riots are winning and winning, and then that, you know, you main event the Birmingham show um, with that match with both teams on big win streaks. That That's what I'd have gone for, but, um, I mean, I, it's we're, we're spoilt if we're complaining about seeing this match, because <laughs> it will be great. Yeah. It, it is bad that uh, South Pacific Power Trip aren't on the show at all, though, because they have been really good over the past few shows and, like, stars of those shows. I so to not be rewarded be, um, with anything. I imagine they'll be seconding uh, and thirding, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, Dahlia Black and the, the women's six-man tag. So I imagine they'll be at least be there, but yeah, it's a shame not to see them on the shows because, as you said, they've been a real highlight and, you know, they've... I think they've surprised a lot of people by how good they've been um tk cooper especially um on recent shows because he's gone from being dahlia's boyfriend who many saw as kind of just a manager to a highlight of the shows he's been on as you said yeah uh so yeah second to last match second title match um final of the atlas tournament uh, the Iron Man, Joe Kofi, versus Rampage Brown in a rematch of the block match that went to a draw and was probably the the best of the um the best of the Atlas tournament matches that have taken place so far. I would say so, yeah. The only other contender is um Volta versus uh Mastiff from the Super Strong Style uh, yes. which is also an Atlas match. I'd, but... I'd forgotten that was an Atlas match. It was this was really well. that was really good though, and this should be even better. I hope they get that same sort of time around about fifteen minutes to get it done. Because if they shorten them on time, it sort of takes away from the point that they couldn't finish them off, finish each other off in fifteen minutes. So they need longer in this rematch to get it done. But yeah, I'm really excited. This is the best match that they could have gotten from those eight guys, and it's already proven to be very good so yeah they can't really go wrong here yeah um this will be good big lads wrestling um i, I don't really have much more to add to that <laughs> uh, who do you think's winning here i think 
I think it's a hard one to call, really. Uh, I think Coffee is staying around in the promotion because he he does have a video board which some of the other guys who are debuting in the Atlas tournament didn't have. Like he has his own his own graphics on the board. Um, I think Rampage gets the win though because he's been around since the beginning and this is almost like a reward for him for being so consistently good. Well, he had the the progress title at one point, but uh, well, yeah, but that's been a while. A while ago. <laughs> I feel like Coffee's time can come later. Yeah, I mean, especially that they have a a championship dedicated specifically to guys like him. Um, there's Rampage is going to lose it at some point if he wins it, of course, and uh, there's there's somewhat a limited amount of guys uh, it could the belt could end up going to. Um, so I'm sure Coffee will, but I'm sure whoever wins it, the other person will get a reign at some point down the line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we're on to the, the main event. Uh, triple threat for the title, champion Marty Skrull, uh, defending against Mark Haskins and, recently added, Tommy End. Um, I really wish this wasn't a triple threat. Yeah, the triple threat does ruin it, certainly from like a nerdy match perspective, but also from just the clean storytelling of Mark Haskins finally able to get the job done against Marty Skrull, because at the start of the year, you'll remember, um, Skrull like flattened Haskins and like KO'd him with those kicks, and then like his wife came to the ring and it was, uh, it felt like it was building to something bigger. And Haskins' journey throughout this year has just been trying to prove himself and prove that he's ready for that top spot. And he he is the underdog. He is um he has underrated in his like on his like t-shirt. So <laughs> that is basically his gimmick. It feels right for him to be in a singles match with the top heel, which makes Tommy End's inclusion so strange because End finished his story with Skrull a few months ago. Uh, looked like he was on his way out but here he is anyway. He just feels so out of place that I can't help but feel like something's up with him. <laughs> Do you think that if the um, the Whiplash story had gone better and got mm. over, do you think End would have instead been in a singles match with Whiplash, but they, they kind of went, yeah, this Whiplash story, no one cares about it, we need... End shouldn't be wasted in that on his last independent show because it's not over. Um, let's throw him in the main event instead. That is a pretty good theory. I feel like they haven't given up on Whiplash though because he went 17 minutes with Haskins on the last show and it was a pretty painful 17 minutes. <laughs> um, I feel like they're still keeping him vaguely strong. Or one of like one of the bookers wants to keep him strong, and one of them wants to just bury him, and they <laughs> they can't decide. Uh, <laughs> Whiplash's booking is even odder than Tommy ends, but yeah, I've, I'd say that's a solid theory as to why End is here. Whiplash in progress has been weird because I gen generally describe him as a good wrestler, but he just hasn't showed it in this you know no. what, what's been several big opportunities for him. I mean, um, the booking hasn't helped in any way. But uh, if you compare this recent run where he's been put into like the main event scene, he hasn't actually been in any main events, I don't think. But he's been with main event level guys. Yeah, he's, he's been, been a lot less around. impressive than his previous run with the company, where he was kind yeah. of like a an undercard guy going up against um uh what what was what was the gimmick 
wasn't Whiplash. Uh, Michael Gilbert. Michael Gilbert. He was so no much gimmicks. better there. Where he, he was, was less so much featured. better then. <laughs> weird. It is. Some guys just don't respond to that like that level up, I guess. <laughs> and like, but he's 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 been good in ICW. He's been good pretty much everywhere he's been, but in progress he hasn't landed at all. And part of that is the booking and part of that which we saw against Haskins was just kind of lazy work and I I don't really have a better way to describe it than that. It just felt very by the numbers against Haskins and it dragged badly. It's not even that he suddenly dropped off as a wrestler because like currently, right now over in WXW in Germany, he's putting on in good work. But yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason, in progress, in a main event slot, going against great guys, it's just not working. It's weird. Um, but yeah, going back to, to the triple threat, it's, it's a match that I'm not entirely sure where to put my expectations at um, in terms of match quality wise because triple threats in general aren't that great as a general rule of thumb um it's just awkward because there's always one man missing out um it's not like a, a fatal four way where you can kind of pair off and always be occupied one man always has to be selling or you have to do somewhat contrived um person spots. I mean, there are ways to do them well, but a lot of the time it does come off as contrived. Now that said, I'd rather see this triple threat than a singles match, another singles match between Skirl and End, because the for End especially, um, the triple threat kind of lends itself to his style more than a, a straight up singles match. In the same way, a tag he's very well suited to tag matches. And that he can have his quick flurries and look really good there without having to uh, have the valleys in the match. He can kind of just focus on the peaks. Yeah. Uh, it's It'll be a spotty match, certainly. I don't think it's going to be like any sort of technical masterpiece, but I, it should be a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, everyone will be really hyped for it. Um all of these guys are popular among the fans, <laughs> unlike Mikey Whiplash. <laughs> so, I it should should deliver something, but whether it was what we expected, potentially from a Marty Skull versus Mark Haskins match, uh, I don't think it will be on that same wavelength. No, uh, which is disappointing considering it is. You know the biggest progress show ever that they've been building for to a long for a lot for quite a long time. They seem to have a good story in Haskin Skull, and they've kind of muddied it. Um, it's weird. Um, it's kind of the opposite of what we were talking about earlier with with Moser. Uh, we're going well. The Moser story has been good um, with him and the Origin, uh, but we don't like him as a wrestler. For the main event, the story hasn't really clicked, but I'm sure the match will at least deliver to a degree. Um probably a big spot fest to to blow off the show, uh, mm. with the crowd going wild, and I imagine a title change, um sending the title over to Haskins. Uh do you think there's any chance that Tommy End wins and they do a deal with NXT to bring him back uh on a couple of occasions? Um I'm not completely ruling it out, but I'm putting it like, what, 5%, 
maybe that, even that's a little high. Okay. Um, and I'd probably put a score retention at about five percent as well. Maybe maybe ten percent, but um, you, you'd think they'd want to sh- close the show out with big title change, and unless you're going with the the um the story you just laid out, you know, kind of summer of punk kind of thing where you, you make a an agreement with NXT because you know that connection's there. Regal had been at the show, been at the shows recently. Um, it's probably going to Haskins though. Um, yeah. which I'm happy with because he's very good. <laughs> it's just it just feels like ends inclusion muddies his story a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You you in a perfect world you'd want Haskins' big moment to be him winning a singles match. Um, but it's not a perfect world, is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he's still got the um the smash belt he retained it on both nights of the uh smash versus progress shows over in canada um do you, do you think that uh, muddies the waters at all uh in him being the favorite to win uh it does make it difficult for him to drop one belt without the other <laughs> uh being a double jump can be uh confusing territory uh, i i would put more stock in to end winning than 5% i would say more like 25% I don't. I think zero percent chance of skill retaining. <laughs> I, I don't think that is going to happen at all. I would say it's probably going to be Haskins, but I feel like end is more possible now, just because of that connection, and they are flexing that a little bit more in 2016. Usually, like a wrestler having a belt in another promotion wouldn't be a big deal, but they they made like the. Um... Like Haskins finally winning a title in progress was him winning the Smash Belt, yeah. Um, and that he still kind of has that. Do you want to do that? But it's it's probably not even a factor, and I'm just overthinking things. <laughs> um, my one thought for why Skull might want to re- might retain. Um, do you have him say beat end here, and then Haskins finally beat him down the line at some point because you do they do decide. Actually, we do want Haskins to his big progress win to be a singles match, um, but this is their biggest show ever. Yeah, that would be a weird end to Brixton after hyping it up for so long, and then have the heel retain but, <laughs> yet um, again. There have been some perplexing booking choices in progress yeah. events this year. So uh, I, I will say one thing: the triple threat it has made it more unpredictable. Yes. So yes. there's more intrigue surrounding the results. If it was a straight singles, then we'd pretty much know Haskins was going to win. This, at least, makes it unpredictable, but at the same time means that there's a risk of it being an unsatisfying or weird finish or shenanigans in the finish, which we really don't want for the main event of the bigger show. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's kind of moving on to final thoughts here. Um... Looking at the card as a whole, I think it's a good card. There's lots of matches that, you know, have a high ceiling. But at the same time, if you took this card out of Brixton and, say, threw it on chapter, the next chapter, whatever, um, I'm not sure it would particularly stand out as, like, some sort of progress super show. I mean, it would be a good a good card for a, a regular chapter, but I'm not sure it would stand out in the way no. you perhaps want for their, you know, WrestleMania of progress type thing. 
I feel, yeah, I feel like the names on the card make it just, like, it feels like a particularly good chapter show card, not, like, their biggest show ever. But there is stakes there. There's five matches with, you know, uh, certifiable stakes. There's a blow-off rubber match to a big rivalry. Uh, There's an origin disbands, and then three title matches. And all those titles have been built up as meaningful. So... Uh, the stakes kind of put it over the top, but yeah, I do agree that the card is a little lackluster for, you know, the big show and a 2,000-seat building. Can, like, it does feel just like a big chapter show card, and they could run it, and we'd go, oh, that's a good card for the Electric Ballroom. But um, on the flip side, they've, they've gone out of their way to n- not use imports, with the obvious exception of Champa, yeah. who, you know, he's been on quite a few progress show to this point in that he almost feels like um in the same way that Mike Bailey is with Rev Pro, he almost feels like a, a domestic roster member who just happened to come from America rather than being like a, a one time fly in. Um it's very impressive that they've managed to draw two thousand two hundred people, uh, no T V with, you know, British guys. Uh, well, European guys, of course. You got end in It there. shows the strength of their brand. Um, we've always seen that with them selling out the Electric Ballroom every single time they run it, and um, moving to Manchester and selling that out as well. Um, it shows that people believe in the Progress brand. They've done a fantastic job of reinforcing that brand and like what it represents to the point where there are people. Um, who are like primarily progress fans above like any other promotion. So like it is a testament to how well they've done in building that brand over four years and building loyalty in um their fan base. Yeah, yeah. I do think they've done a very good job of making like the the package of Brixton feel like a big idea a uh, big deal. It, it's not just them, you know, going to a bigger arena. It they they have made it feel like the WrestleMania of progress. Um, they've made it feel important, um, and it's it's something I'm disappointed to be missing out on because it happens to be the same day I'm moving um, back into uni uh, accommodation. They've done a great job of making it feel like an important event. Um, and I yeah, think that's yeah. like a good way to, to sign mean, off they... on this podcast. <laughs> uh, writing about it in like reviews. Um... I've written the word Brixton probably more than anyone in the history of the world. Just <laughs> the amount of times I've referred to it, because just everything they've done has been building to it and alluding to it and leading in that direction towards Brixton. This is the show that they've been building up all year. Right. Um, we, we won't do plugs, because uh, I think we have to rush fairly soon and we want to keep this fairly short. Um, thanks for listening everyone uh, sorry it's such an abbreviated episode and we didn't get to cover a lot of the topics that we previously covered um, but you know, audio issues hopefully that won't be as I said at the start hopefully that won't be an issue going forward uh, touch wood um, thanks for listening and goodbye goodbye
here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.